1: Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church.
2: We have a common salvation, and so we can walk together as a church family, as Christians on this difficult road, connected by the blood of Christ, bearing witness to Him as we strive and struggle to walk in the light as He is in the light. And so we resemble more and more our Heavenly Father. We resemble more and more. Jesus Christ, our advocate. I can
0: see the promised land. Though there's pain within the plan, there is victory in the end. Your love is my battle cry. The answer for all my life. Every and will fall. The mountains will move. every chain of the past. You've broken into all the fear of the lies. We're singing the truth that nothing is impossible with you. Oh, nothing is impossible.
1: Well, hello and welcome to today's edition of the Grace to Live radio broadcast with Keith Crosby, Senior Pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are so blessed that you've chosen to spend time with us today on the broadcast. And as always, we would encourage you to follow along with us in your Bibles if you can. On today's edition of Grace to Live, Pastor Keith continues with our series in the book of 1 John, a series entitled, That You May Know. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with us today to the book of 1 John, Chapter 1. Now here's Pastor Keith with today's study.
2: But saving faith, fellowship with the Father, is manifested through an inward change that radiates outwardly. Second Corinthians 5.17, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Old things are passing away. All things are becoming new. Ezekiel 36.26, I will take away your heart of stone. I will give you a heart of flesh, and you will be careful to keep my commandments, and you will be careful to observe my ordinances. Believers are unwilling to do the unconscionable, like those Tampa Bay pitchers. They are unwilling to lie and not practice the truth and display any particular symbol in any particular classroom they are raised to walk in newness of life and they do not sin more that grace may abound more because as believers it's not just about us it's about Christ and the rest of the world we are influencers we are to be salt and light a city sat on a hill no one lights a lamp and sticks it under a bushel no one makes excuses for sin no one tolerate sin no one turns a blind eye I was only following orders we've heard that before haven't we so we are commanded to be careful how we walk and that's where the clarity and assurance for the sinner and the saved comes in because you know a tree by the fruit it bears and there are some things a Christian just cannot do and when you see that Christian engage in compromise after compromise after compromise it gives you clarity perhaps as to their spiritual condition. And when you see a believer broken over her or his sin, it provides reassurance that they are striving to walk in the light as he is in the light. Real Christians are drawn to the light. They don't deceive themselves. If we say we have no sin... We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. This is the fallacy of the fallen. We lie. We deceive ourselves. We make him a liar. We say we have fellowship with him and we don't and we condone all types of behaviors. We objectively flirt with the darkness. We stand in the path of the sinner. We sit among the scoffers, seemingly unaffected. That is the fallacy of the fallen, that I'm okay, you're okay, let's look the other way. And that is the fact of the faith, which brings us now to today's message. We have two more categories to look at. We, we leave the hard stuff, for the most part, where we've given clarity to the unbeliever. And we find now reassurance for the believer. Number three, that is the fellowship of the favored. The fellowship of the favored. What is grace? Grace is God's unmerited favor, right? The connection that those under grace have with God and each other. In 1 John 1, 7, 9, and into 2, 1 and 2, we read this. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Then you go to verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And then we go on to chapter 2, verse 1. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, and they will, We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Then it goes on to say, he is a propitiation of our sins, and not our sins only, but the sins of the rest of the world, of the whole world. The grammar here assumes that we're going to sin sooner or later because we are fallen creatures living in a fallen body. But there's been provision for that. The blood of Christ has washed away our sin because he is Jesus Christ the righteous, he is our sinless substitute who did for us what we could not do for ourselves and atoned for our sins. And therefore, when we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. A lot of times we, we read that and we feel good about that, but we don't understand what it says. Faithful and just. Why is he just to overlook our sins? Don't sin, doesn't sin demand a penalty? The justice comes in through this. The debt has been paid. We have been pardoned for all sins, past, present, and future through the blood of Christ, which has cleansed us in our account of all sins. And so the Father forgives and forgives and forgives. And our confession of our sin, our saying the same thing about our sin that he does is an indication that we take our sins seriously, that we don't make him a liar, that we have not deceived ourselves, but we want to walk in the light as he is in the light. And sometimes, through bouts of temporary insanity, we make the wrong choice. But we always come home to Papa. And we have this helper, Jesus Christ, the righteous, who has done for us what we could not do for ourselves. Because he has satisfied, he has canceled the debt by taking the penalty of our sin on him. That is the fellowship of the favored. We are connected to one another, you and I, because of what God has done for us, of what Christ has done for us. We have a common connection, we have all been cleansed of our sin. We have a common advocate. We have a common salvation. And so we can walk together as a church family, as Christians on this difficult road, connected by the blood of Christ, bearing witness to him as we strive and struggle to walk in the light as he is in the light. And so we resemble more and more our Heavenly Father. We resemble more and more Jesus Christ, our advocate, because we are more and more conformed to the image of Christ and less and less conformed to this world. True believers don't deny their sins. They confess their sins because they are grieved by their sins and they receive justice in that the debt is paid, the pardon stands. Forgiven equals forgiven. The blood of Christ has cleansed us of our sin and he has shown us grace upon grace. He has shown us mercy upon mercy. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous as he said in the upper room discourse in John chapter 13 through 17, he would not leave us as orphans. He would not leave us without resources. He gave us the Holy Spirit to indwell us. He's given us his word. He's given us an advocate, Jesus Christ, who makes intercession in our sins as he sits at the right hand of majesty on high the righteous one, the uniquely qualified helper who's experienced temptation, all the opportunities to sin just like we have, has empowered and enabled us through the gift of the Holy Spirit, through the guidance of his word, through the intercession for the saints. Paul puts it this way in Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, in the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's the power of Christ, the blood of Christ that cleanses us. It's the Spirit of Christ who guides us. We are not without resources. We are in fellowship, union with Christ. We live by faith in his strength, we belong to him. We're no longer on our own. We are his little children. And there's the clarity and the assurance of the sinner and the saved. The sinner is without resources. The saved, the saved has each other in fellowship. They have fellowship with the Father through the Son, connection. We have assurance of forgiveness. We have access to power that we can appropriate, all we have to do is trust him. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all our sin. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin, but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. That is the basis for the baseline behavior. That's why you can look at somebody Now, the Christian life is a video, not a snapshot. I can take a snapshot out of any one of your lives and make you look like the Antichrist some days. But if we play the video and we see how you walk characteristically, there will be some resemblance to Jesus Christ. And that is the baseline. And the basis of the baseline, what enables that to take place is the power of Christ, the the propitiation of our sin applied to our account. And we have a helper who has been tempted in all ways, Hebrews says, as we have. And he has put the Holy Spirit within us. We have an advocate, Jesus Christ the righteous. We have a common salvation. And therefore, we're going to be different because contact with Christ, contact with the saving grace of Jesus Christ, never leaves a person unchanged. Unchanged. You know, it reminds me of Moses at the tent of meeting in the exodus. He would go out and commune with God and then he'd come back and his face would shine and as time passed, his face shone greater and greater and the light was so much that people couldn't take it and he had to put a veil over his face. Well, that doesn't happen to us in quite the same way. But as we are connected to Christ through fellowship, partnership, koinonia, in the real way, not the potluck way, we're changed. We'll never be the same. And that is the baseline behavior. And that is based on being in the fellowship of the favored. We've been taken out of the kingdom of darkness and put into the kingdom of light. We no longer walk as we once walked as children of wrath, but we walk as children of God. And we are in the spirit and image of that master, of that God, of that Savior. Which brings us to our fourth category to understand baselines. The only Savior. More good and comforting news. I want to go back to uh, 1 John 2 1. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. How? He is the propitiation for our sins, and not our sins only, but for the sins of the world. We have an advocate, we have a helper because of his righteousness he's taken us from death into life. We've been buried with him in baptism so to speak baptism, of the, and we've been raised to walk in newness of life. We were stuck in quicksand and we needed a savior. Not somebody like us who's also stuck in the quicksand. We needed somebody who wasn't crippled like us, who wasn't dead in our sins and trespasses like us. Jesus Christ the righteous and he has pulled us out of the quicksand. We are cleansed by his blood of all sin. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. His sinless, debt-free, once-and-for-all sacrifice has purchased us from the slave market of sin because he is the propitiation, the satisfaction, the ultimate payment for our sin and its penalty. And this is the beginning of the baseline here. Everything else depends on this. I mean, we talked about this before. John gives us a baseline, and then we're going to drill down deep into other things. There is only one Savior. You know, we live in a world with pluralism, religious pluralism, and plural truths, and all that nonsense. They, all these religions can't all be right. And for the Christian, all of this starts with salvation through Christ. He is the only Savior. There's no work you can do to justify yourself. Christ has to make you right with God. The Bible tells us in Acts 4.12 that there is no other name under heaven given among men by which you can be saved. Think about that. 1 Timothy 2, 5 and 6 tells us that there is one mediator between God and man, Jesus Christ, who gave himself a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. And 1 John 2, 2 tells us that he is a propitiation for our sins and not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. He is the savior of the world. No one is getting there. All roads do not lead to God. That's just urban legend. That's just myth. You know, people say a lot of times, well, you know, God is the sprocket and all these religions are the spokes. Well, I've got some swampland in Florida I can sell you too if you're that naive because all these religions are so different. They're all, but you know what? They're really all the same. There are two religions in the world, right? Just two? The religion of human achievement, that you're gonna do something, you're gonna manipulate God, you're gonna, you're gonna warrant God's love, you're gonna, you're gonna bribe God with some sacrifice, you're gonna do that human achievement. We call that work salvation. And then there's a religion of divine achievement. What God has done for you, that's Christianity. Jesus Christ died for sin. This is where you get into the whole idea of limited atonement and all that confusing stuff. Right here, you can answer your question. He is the propitiation for our sins and not for our sins only, but also for the sins of the whole world. You see, Christ's death on the cross was sufficient to atone for the sins of the whole world. But... If that had been done willy nilly, we'd all be universalists, right? Everybody's saved. There's no need to preach the gospel. There's no need to even be here. His atoning sacrifice, his propitiation, is only applied to those who receive him as Lord and Savior. And they are forever changed in conduct and eternal destiny. You might say it this way His atonement is sufficient for the world, but efficient for the elect. And that's where the confusion comes in. It's not limited in power, it's limited in application. Those who receive it are those who are forgiven because they have turned from sin to Christ by faith. But he died so that all could be saved. All just won't be saved. But he is the only means of salvation, not Allah, not any of the uh, Mormon gods, not any of the Hindu gods. There is one mediator between God and men, Jesus Christ. And if you don't understand that, you're outside the kingdom that's a baseline right there and if you do understand that you're inside the kingdom and you're going to walk in the light as he is in the light and there are some places you just can't go and some things you just won't do and those who pretend that I'm okay, you're okay let's just look the other way they lie and they make him a liar they deceive themselves because they deny the only Savior that is the basic baseline have you received Christ as your Lord and Savior And if you really have the baseline, the fact of the faith is it'll show. You won't deceive yourself with the fallacy of the fallen. You'll be among the fellowship of the favored because you've trusted in the one and only Savior, Jesus Christ. Whether you're a ball player or a teacher or a carpenter's wife or a mathematician or a a spouse or an employer or an employee, that's the fact of the faith. That's the fallacy of the fallen. That's the fellowship of the favorite. That's the story of the only Savior. The question is, what do you do now? What now, what next? That's what the application's all about. Well, uh, number one, before you go applying these baselines to other people, apply them to yourself. If your faith hasn't changed you, probably hasn't saved you. If you're the same that you were five years ago, Well, you know, if you're not growing, you're dying. It's something to think about because we are living in an age right now where you're going to have to deny yourself daily, take up your cross and follow Christ. And if you can't or won't do that, then you've got to ask yourself, is this the clarity I needed to see that I'm not really a Christian after all? Or, you know what? This is what I want to do so bad. But sometimes I just fall short, Father. Forgive me for my sin. There's no excuse for it. Well, that's the assurance of your salvation. But here's the deal. There's only two kingdoms. The kingdom of Christ and the kingdom of darkness. And the baseline is if you're drawn to the kingdom of Christ, if you love what Jesus loves, if you want to do what Jesus calls you to do, there's your assurance. If you can take it or leave it, if it's yes, but, or what will people think of me? Well, you know, what that's the clarity you need to know where you stand. Think about that, and we'll get down deeper into 1 John in the days and weeks and months to come. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that if we do sin, we have an advocate, Jesus Christ the righteous. And if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. For he is the satisfaction of all of our sin. And not just our sin, but the sin of the world. He is all the world needs, Lord. He is all we need. May he always be enough for us, Lord. May we never find ourselves kidding ourselves, deceiving ourselves, and making him and you to be a liar. Father, help us to wrestle with this text, to wrestle, Lord, to persevere through the the trials and the challenges of this culture. To not be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, Lord. That we can be one, that we can bring one, that we can build one, that we can change this community. This world, one soul at a time with the message of Christ. As we bear witness as influencers, as salt and light. As we don't hide our light under a basket, but we put it on the table that it gives light to all around us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.